If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply felt discouraged or even defeated, if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then this podcast is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Victoria Rader. Am I saying your name right? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Carissa. Yes, I love your energy. You're so happy and joyous. So let me tell you a little bit about Victoria. She is from Ukraine. She's a possibility coach and founder of Why You Two Shine. While homeschooling her two children, I'm about to start that journey in the fall, she became one of the top 1% of real estate agents in the U.S. during the 2009 recession, maybe when a lot of people were pulling out of real estate. (laughs) So competition was reducing. (laughs) Yeah, that's incredible. Her journey of coaching others to be successful led her to a realization of the importance of subconscious programming and energy work. She received her PhD in metaphysical studies and mastered various energy modalities and combine spiritual practices with practical applications to help her clients and students live a life of true freedom and fulfillment. She is a four times best-selling author and her most recent book, Prosper Me, the 35 Universal Laws to Make Money Work for You and founder of Free Me EFT, Quantum Freedom, and creator of Empower Me and the Master Me apps. Welcome, Victoria. Thank you so much, Carissa. I'm so excited to learn more and to dive deep because you are my people, like integrating spirituality into success and business. It's just amazing. And you have such a diverse repertoire of what you can offer your clients and your education PhD. And I noticed you call yourself a possibility coach. Did you name yourself that? And and what does it mean? You know, I had a very interesting um, story behind that title. Okay. I had gotten to a point in my life where while I love what I do, creating program and working with clients, there was that inner knowing and calling to kind of globalize and go in a wider arena. And so I just decided to add a basic skill set of marketing and branding to my, you know, here is the bright bubble. Let's follow it, see what happens. And uh, my branding specialist said, this is great, but uh, what would you like to have as your title? I said, why, why would I need a title? Why can't I? <laughs> My name. And they're like, well, do you want to learn or do you want to argue? And so I decided ah, to learn. That's so funny. Yeah, because I don't have a title, you know, so I just like, but it is powerful. So yeah, your marketing coach was telling you, okay, just do it. And the gold in that was the purpose for that was 
we all think we have an offer. And we all think that just because we're conveying something, that it is perceived in the way that we're conveying it. The goal they've offered me was find the way that people are seeing you and perceiving you. So I actually asked all my clients and I said, hey, guys, when you refer me out, because up till that point, 100% of my refer business was based on referral. So yeah. when you refer me out, what do you tell people that I do? And A, it was a gorgeous you know, beautiful journey of reflection. Yes. And, you know, and B, in most of them, they simply said, I didn't think it was possible to heal from cancer. I didn't think it was possible to get out of debt. I didn't think it was possible to remarry again. And now, da, 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 I live a life of my dreams. So I have these possibilities open up. So I looked at all of that and I'm like, oh, I'm a possibility coach. <laughs> That's what I am. Isn't that amazing? Oh my God. I'm totally going to do that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Because all of my business is referrals too right now. And, um, that is just, I mean, I bet it warmed your heart to see that and, um, to have that impact on people and it's really powerful too. And, and I've never heard anyone call themselves that. Have you? I haven't, and we've Yay! trademarked it, so you're not Yay! likely to. <laughs> Yay, you did it. Good job. Good job. Okay, wonderful. So, and then I want to talk a little bit about your education. Why did you want to get a PhD in metaphysical studies? What inspired you to do that? You know, and it's fascinating to actually, for me, looking back to realize what metaphysics is because it's a study of possibility, right? And that oh. did not connect. That did not connect <laughs> for all of the studies and the possibility coach. So the answer is my soul has taken me on a journey of deepening its purpose. That's the honest and authentic answer. Um, there's a practical answer to that. And that is, you know, I've done so many success trainings and it was very clear to me that people knew what they were going to do. They were set up to do it. They committed to it. They will forced, not will powered, will force themselves into doing it to a certain period of time. And then eventually self-sabotage would, would kick in. And there was a retrieval of the old path, either genetic or on a historic level, and the failures would start creeping back in. And so I just figured there was more to um, success practices than success practices. There had to be mindset, skill set, you know, and um, found the best way to pursue that was the study of the subconscious mind, which is the field of metaphysical studies, what subconscious is and how it creates through spirituality and quantum physics. So that's amazing. Is it um, a pretty rigorous program? Is it like years of study? Do you, is it hard to get in? It is not hard to get in. It's not a, a it's not a competitive academic program. Uh -huh. It is a program that is accessible online for everybody who is a seeker. Um, you can do it as fast as two years if you're committed to several hours a day. You know, if you're going to uh -huh. do that, well, you can take a longer journey of doing that. I did it through University of Metaphysical Sciences. And there are a lot of different aspects, um, not only in U.S., but globally, that you can pursue that if you want to. If, as long as you're pursuing not a piece of paper, but a path of passion, you're all set. Yeah, yeah. It's not to have the degree. I'm sure you certainly did not. You really wanted to go deep and learn about that to help your clients. So I wanted to explore the question, do you believe everyone can be prosperous? 
I know that, right? Oh, it's, you know it. It's knowing beyond belief, right? It's knowing beyond belief. I Maybe my limited beliefs come in that I don't think anybody and everybody is born to be a billionaire or even a millionaire. I really do not think that that is something in alignment for each person. But I do know that we're all born to prosper. And if we're whatever given- that means for us, right? Yes, yes absolutely. Oh, yeah, because I think sometimes people, including myself, get caught up in the label. I want to be a millionaire or that song. I want to be a billionaire. It's not even a million. It's billion. And um, and maybe that would not serve you in your life. You just you just never know, um, like how that would affect you. And maybe you're meant to be prosperous in other ways and not just money, but other things in your life, traveling, freedom. So what is prosperity to you? It's a freedom to decide and Mm -hmm. not be limited by anything but freedom of choice. So if I'm choosing, you know, if I chose to fly to Finland and do a book signing last week, which I did, it was a choice that was not limited by any other restriction. So when you have a calling within your heart, Can you follow it unrestricted? If you are restricted, you are not free. If you're not free, you're not prosperous. Mm. And so it's not about, I don't have an inner calling to own five yachts, right? So I just do not, but I do have an inner calling to follow my path with passion. And if anything comes in its way, I find a way to shift out of it so that I can continue to follow it. So that to me is genuine prosperity. Nothing restricts your freedom of choice, genuine freedom of choice. Mm, That's amazing. I love that you gave that example of flying to Finland because where do you live now? I live in U.S. I live right outside outside of Washington, D.C. in Virginia. Okay. In Virginia. And was it like a last minute thing or you had planned this for a while? We had a two week heads ahead of, I I had a session with one of my clients who's just a wonderful, wonderful close client and friend. And they said, we think it's a great idea to translate the book and finish and launch it here in Finland. We love these universal laws. We need them. Will you come and do a seminar? I said, sure. So we've planned it. And there were 30 wonderful friends and we just had an amazing time, right? And now I'm talking to another gorgeous soul in South Africa to do something like that. And so that to me is, is genuine prosperity. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love that it's on a global scale and it came through your clients. So it's like they're helping people in their own country be prosperous. So what are some things that might block us from our own prosperity? You know, I talk about it in terms of understanding power, possibility, and probability as a path to profitability. I'm very big on peace. Our brain likes to to remember (laughs) repetition. And so I figured if we just look at all the P's, right, we can think of it. And um, the inside of that story goes back to my childhood. I was uh, growing up in Ukraine and I had this brilliant idea. I was going to hang my doll's dress on a hanger. Didn't have a hanger. So I had a little metal pin in my head, in my hair, pulled it out 
put it in the socket. <laughs> uh, gratefully, the 200, you know, 50 watts did not go through me because the fuses blew. And I say the fuses blew, so did my grandpa. I was not electrocuted. I was educated. I was educated to the concept of flow of power. And many, ah. many years later, I came to truly understand the power of that concept of power. Because when you look at the electrical power, there's the same energy of power coming to every single home. And as it comes into your house, the input, the level of power, the input is the same, but the output is different. You know, the 100 watts bulb is much brighter than the 20 watts bulb. So what is the difference? The difference is resistance within the device. So what is the connection there? Well, interesting enough, the power is the power is the power. The energy, whether it's electrical or water or universal, abides by the same laws. Each one of us has access to infinite power at all times. Each one of us has access to shine our brightest, if you will. So what prevents us from being able to do that is the inter internal resistance. As a matter of fact, there is a basic Newtonian formula, right? That the current equals energy divided by resistance. So as we shift out of the setting of resistance, we increase the connection to the inner power and we become brighter beings we have come to be in this world. That is the process of enlightenment. It's that easy. When you look at, describe the process of enlightenment, it is being vibrating at the brightest light each one of us is born to be by resisting resistance, by releasing resistance to the inner power with which we've come. And that is the journey, you know, and first we have to understand that it's possible for us. You know, our, it's interesting. Sometimes we look at the world and we say, well, it's easy for them or they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, you know, yeah. it's, it's possible for them. So the first phrase of empowerment, it's possible for me. Ah, that's, that's the mindset. It's possible for me. Just saying that is a point of basic awakening. It's possible for me. Everybody in our audience, take a pause and say that. Let's say it. It's possible for me and say it to yourself, right? Yeah. You know, whatever it is you're seeing out there that only you know that you think is impossible, it's possible. Just let sit with that thought until it becomes your thought. And that's mindset. It's that easy. Mindset is just possibility. But then comes the skill set, and that's probability. Just because something is possible doesn't mean it's probable. That's where the work of skills comes in. So we first believe that something is possible. Then we learn how to make it more probable for us by increasing our skills. And then we take guided steps. So it's the formula of growth, mindset multiplied by skill set multiplied by effort equals results. That is the process for all of us, for anything we want to achieve. Ooh, how exciting. You make it sound so simple. Is that one of the principles that you discovered along your journey in metaphysical studies or quantum physics? Like how, because like becoming brighter, or releasing the resistance. 
That is the basic physics law. And when you take the basic physics law, what I've come to understand that there are universal laws. And the reason they're called universal is because you can apply it to any part of your life. So if it works for one part of your life, it works for all parts of your life. So in Prosper Me book, there are 35 universal laws not because somebody on Saturn woke up with a brilliant idea to convey the message to Earth, but because those laws apply to every area of your life. And I just choose to show how they apply to our finances. So the first universal law is the law of gratitude. The last one is the law of forgiveness. You know, what do those have to do with money? And the answer is everything. So you're saying these, you apply them to money, but you can also apply them to relationships or other aspects of your life. Yes, absolutely. Because Mm. true prosperity is that freedom of choice in all areas of your life. Mm, Wonderful. So would you share your own journey to becoming prosperous and how your subconscious programming played a part in transforming your life? Absolutely. Um, So growing up in Ukraine, prosperity looked different from zeros in the bank. (laughs) I uh, every summer spent at my grandma's house that did not have an indoor plumbing. So we got fresh water from the well and was outhouse, but the gorgeous point of exchange was we didn't know the word organic because everything was you know I would read my books and and read berries of the bushes in the backyard so but grew up in abundance of love uh, from my grandma Um, and and then when I you know very early on um, have faced a lot of losses and a lot of deaths in in my family Mm. and uh, had to really start understanding the meaning of life that you either wait to die or you enjoy living and started consciously choosing to enjoy living. So when I came to us, married my husband, um, we had two children. I thought it was an amazing thing to educate them by taking them around the world. So for learning about Greece, we're going to learn about Greece while in Greece. So I packed my kids, brought my mom. They were young, four and eight. Oh my gosh, how cool. <laughs> Flew to Greece, came home. My husband sat me down and he said, honey, I don't know what it looks like in Ukraine, but here in US, nothing is attached to the little plastic card you've been swiping. <laughs> so welcome to debt. So my journey of prosperity starts with sending my family deep into debt. Oh, because you kind of, you already knew that you were prosperous. And so you were acting as if just limitless possibilities already. And then, yeah, and that's the credit card. The mindset was there. The skill set of making money didn't quite arrive yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But the other part was there. I mean, it was like embedded in you that anything is possible. And that's amazing. So at that that point, you weren't working? No, I was home with the kids. And this is when I said, okay, we loved it. I'm not willing to sacrifice homeschooling or traveling. So I will need to find a way to support this extravagant hobby of education. (laughs) Yeah. So your kids and you both liked homeschooling. You did it from the beginning. 
we did it from the beginning, but every year they had a choice. And so my daughter was homeschooled for nine grades and went into 10th grade and my son for eight grades and went into high school. So that was our personal journey, but it was not a decision. I think for some reason it's coming through for, for somebody who's listening right now, um, who's on the verge of decision is that very often we are frozen in decision-making process because we think it's a decision that will last forever. So hopefully there's a point of freedom to just go ahead and make a decision for now and understand that when the time comes to shift out of that decision into a higher frequency decision, that new decision will come again. So I think for a lot of us, we are undecisive because we are looking at a decision as a permanent um, step as opposed to here. Now, this is the best and highest way for me. Yeah. Wow. That is so powerful because uh, I think that can make us frozen in life sometimes. So I really love that you shared that. Did you just tune in, um, to like the collective consciousness or just like the highest and best good for the audience? Like how, Mm -hmm. how did you get that message? Yeah, we're all one. And while it might appear as a a special gift, it is a gift that's given to all of us. As we release the judgment and we're open to perceive all through love, we can see everyone as a part of that oneness and see their heart and deliver to them what they need to receive. So the only thing that blinds us from this gift is judgment. And it's not judgment of others. It's judgment of self to the degree of not seeing others. We judge others only because we judge ourselves. So, ah, yeah. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that your process. That's, that's beautiful. And I love that you said we all have this ability and it's just coming from a place of love. And, and I, I tell people like my clients just practice, just practice. And, you know, and it's amazing how those abilities can just like flow into you. I love that, uh, Carissa, because the practice, you know, the language for practice I use in that little growth formula is effort. I, when, I, when I look at for the law of growth, and I've mentioned there is mindset multiplied by skill set multiplied by effort equals results. For a lot of us, we're not getting results what we want. And everybody tells us your mindset is everything. And that's like, no, it's one third. It's one third of everything. Because <laughs> you can have a phenomenal mindset, but if that mindset is being developed while you are sitting on a pillow and not proactively practicing or taking effort, mm. if your effort is zero, but your mindset is at a million, your results are still at a zero. So I love that advice. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done. You know, sometimes I can, you know, I have a lot to learn too in my own life about that. You know, I mean, I practice intuitive abilities, but then putting the prosperity and the ideas and the, and the divine inspiration into action. Sometimes I'll just tell you my own challenge. I have so many ideas. It's like, what do I do first? What do I do next? I'm like going on and on and, and then, and then I'm just like frozen. Oh, well, I'll just like (laughs) go hang out with my friends or be with my kids. You know what I mean? I I do absolutely. And it's gorgeous. I, the visual, I think for a lot of us, cause you, you're 
podcast, your family here, a lot of creatives, right? You're creative, yeah. I'm creative, we're all creative, and you attract this gorgeous group of people that are probably relating to what you're describing. And I say, you know, there is the concept of the ocean. We want, we all want to arrive at the depth of realization yeah. or at the depth of an insight or at the depth of the idea. But when you look at the ocean, it you doesn't you don't just drop into the depth. It kind of gradually goes in, and there's a lot of foam in the beginning. Mm. It foams, it foams at the shore, right? I say it foams at the shore. So it's so important to walk through the foam of ideas and to ask a question. And I believe that that concept, asking you shall receive, has been misinterpreted to ask for something and you shall receive. I think new age is poisoning that even deeper. <laughs> Ask for things, okay. you, you know, sometimes. Yeah, so what does that really mean? It means asking that question that creates reality. So mm -hmm. if I'm asking what's wrong with me, my subconscious will answer that and create that reality. If mm -hmm. I'm asking what's the best way to come out of this, I create a different reality. So when I have all these amazing ideas, when uh, you're given the gift of creative, yeah. when you ask a question, which ideas are here for me to share with others? Because they, uh -huh. are, they are tuning into an idea to run with and you are given it to give to them. Which ideas am I to let go? Like you jot them down and you let go there for later time. And which idea am I to bring into reality now? It's such a powerful question. You have all these ideas and you ask a question. Which one of these ideas <laughs> am I to bring into the reality to profit all? Profit you and profit humanity to profit all. Wow. That is such a powerful question for our audience and for me, because I've never asked that question before. And I love how you phrase things positively, like don't ask the universe love what's wrong with me. It's not You'll get an answer. You'll get an answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got it. See, yeah. What's for my highest good? What's next for me or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I say there are two, there are two questions that are fallback. Like if you're stuck and let's say you're going through something bad because positive mind can sometimes positively lead us to disaster, right? Because we look at it as, as if we look at it as denial, denial and positivity oh. are not one and the same. So uh -huh. when you're going through something in your life that is less than pleasant, it's important to be aware of reality and then ask, how can I make it better? That's a very powerful shift question. How can ah, I make it better? How yeah. can I make it better? But the second one that I think is even more important for a lot of us when things start going well, all of our subconscious training comes into when is it going to finish? When is the second shoe going to drop? Right? So we are pre-programmed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sabotage. Right. So then you ask a question, how much better can it get? Those yeah. two are amazing. How can I make it better? How much better can it get? Yeah, because you could experience that success, but if you don't have that pattern, then you think that something might happen to remove that from your life, mm -hmm. or maybe you self-sabotage, like you said. Yeah. And a lot of us, it comes from actually beautiful exchange, um, of humanity, a lot of us are there for each other during hard times, right? We have that one friend, if we're lucky, we have a few that are like there for us, you know, they're there yeah. for us. And so, yeah. but the subconscious is so literal, 
it sees the correlation and it says, bad times, good relationship. And then all of a sudden, when times get better, yeah. our relationships suffer. I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. What's going on here? You know, and that's the whole th- the concept of it's lonely at the top because yeah. people start to separate and you start to ascend and people think that you don't need friends, but you need them more than ever. Right? Yes. And it's the healing of that paradigm. I must choose between the area oh. of prosperity. So we let go of that. Our relationships. Yeah. And we just say, I can prosper in love. I can prosper in relationship. I can prosper in money. I can prosper in health. I can have it all in the best and highest way for me and for everyone around me. And yeah. so back to it's possible, right? Because right away inside of us, it's like, it's not possible. It's not possible. And that's that voice that we say, wait a minute. All I'm asking for is it's possible. It's possible for me. Yeah. And then also sometimes it might be time to let go, to Mm -hmm. let go of certain relationships because maybe they're not serving you or maybe they weren't your real friends or, or whatever it might be, or you could be at a different frequency or vibration that they just can't rise up to. What do you feel about that? I think it's a natural, beautiful process of life and death where we in the Western society, I think going back to concept of death, we became so afraid of death that we are not allowing our body to celebrate it. And on a physiological disease level for us as society, it comes as cancer because in cancer, the cells that are programmed to self-eliminate, to be let go off and to die, are refusing to do so. They're clinging on. And so, <gasps> oh my God, you just said something so profound. Okay, I'll let you finish this and then we'll go on. Nope, nope. We, as the spirit flows through you, you're on, Carissa. We're going to listen to you. <laughs> no, I'm just, because I was diagnosed with cancer in February, 2020. And um, I, I was able to heal myself eventually. And, um, but just having that insight of what you're talking about, it's like as a world, as humanity, as society, that fear of death can actually infiltrate us, create that cancer. So those cells can't die off. And then they have nowhere to go because of that fear. Wow. Yeah, Is that what you're saying? Very much so. A beautiful summary of that inside. The process okay. is called apoptosis and it's apoptosis. It's the de- natural death and dying. Like we got to welcome joyfully uh, the process of death as the part of life. Oh, wow. And sometimes we might need to also let that old self die off. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I nail it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> In order to make way for this new way of being. And, and maybe it's a continuous process, just like nature. It is. It is. It's the beauty. The affirmation I say is only life, but that does not come from the fear of death. It comes from the understanding that death is a very valid, valuable, 
welcome and beloved part of life. And that is the process of healing. When you say only life, because really things as they are dying are being born into a new frequency of life, whether known to us or unknown to us, but to a new frequency of life. Oh, wow. You are brilliant. You are so wise. It's like all of this wisdom was in you, but also just confirmed with all your education. I feel like you already knew all of this and then you have like the degrees or or whatever it might be in the training to confirm. I think we know the truth because it resonates through us Ah. with joy. Yeah. Right. And the special gift I got to develop is to express the truth. All of us already know. And when we recognize it, our spirits rejoice and we say, that sounds right. And it isn't anything new. It is ancient because it's true. Yeah. But now we're bringing it into our conscious awareness that that is all we're doing. We're shifting it from subconscious seeking. And I don't like the word sub because it means under. So we will, you know, use it all the time because people relate to it, but we can call it super conscious, whatever, whatever you like. Open conscious. We'll have to rename it. That other part, that other part. part. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when we recognize it as such, it's important to bring it into conscious awareness because that is how we take action on it. Mm. So just knowing it without being aware that we know it limits us to be able to live a life of fulfillment. So to live the life of fulfillment, we're bringing it into the knowing. Ah, I see. That's beautiful. So can we go back to your own journey? Because your story is so amazing how you like took your kids to Greece and you're like, woohoo, we're living this free life. And then what happened? So your, your husband's like, we need to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so I went online. This is what a good girl does when you suck at Google, right? I mean, if we're disconnected from God, we've got Google. Thanks, yeah. Google. We have Google. You know? Yeah. So I, went on, I literally went online. This is 2006. And I went online and I Googled what is the fastest way to make money in the United States <laughs> while being home with your children. I actually Googled that. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and you're not that- the first person that, that's told me about this, actually. There you go. And so the answer that automatically came back was the real estate, because at a time, the market was at its height. Of course, I knew nothing about predatory lending or anything. I had no <laughs> understanding of any of that. Who stuff. did? Who it did? It was just like, hold yeah. the selling, go get a real estate license. Yeah. So of course, because I mean, it that was time. kind of like underpinning the banks, like they didn't really educate the real no. estate about that. No. And so this is 2006. I learned about it. 2007, I'm working on getting my license. At the end of 2007, beginning of 2008, I'm a licensed agent. I get my first listing. Congratulations. And and how'd you get your first listing? A neighbor. Neighbor. A neighbor. neighbor. And for any realtor who's listening, this is the truth. This is the goal. This is your $100,000 ticket. I came to the neighbor and I said, I got a license. I don't know what I'm doing, but you'll be my only client and I will spend all my time taking care of you. And she took a chance on me. She took oh, a chance on me. Beautiful. Now, of course, if you know 2008, I put a listing on the market and the market freezes and starts crashing. 
And so as the market starts crashing, I'm getting an education of a lifetime of not only what market comparison looks like, but what communicating that disaster to a client is. And so I do what I think every professional should do is I hire a coach. If you're a professional athlete, you have a coach. So I don't know why so many of us that are business people don't have a coach, right? I have four. I'm a special case. I need lots of help. Oh, <laughs> so, wonderful. Good for I've you. I got a coach with Bethenian Company and, um, you know, started learning and becoming more educated about just the skills of marketing and, and all of that. And by 2009, I was in the top 1% of agents in US, but um, never worked on Sunday. It's my day with family and spiritual day and while homeschooling the kids. So a lot of people told me it was not possible. My first broker said, if you're not going to do open houses on Sunday, you will fail. I changed the broker. <laughs> so there you because go. That was a mindset. And you had to have people around you that would believe in you. So you had, you did open houses on Saturdays. Yep. I traded mm -hmm. in with open houses on, and, and the amazing thing about that was now that I have practical explanation to it, when as a buyer, you can only see five, six houses during one weekend, you know? Yeah. And when 50 of them are open on Sunday, you don't get to all of them. But when only three of them are open on Saturday, my homes were actually getting a much better exposure. Oh, I didn't realize that that is the traditional model for agents is to only do the open house on Sunday. I don't know whether it is still the case. At uh -huh. the time I was holding them, that was very much the model that most uh, open houses were done on Sunday. Oh, fascinating. So then you decided, so the market was crashing. Did you decide to take on more clients or more clients started coming to you? How, I know you got a coach, but it was all by referral, right? It was all okay. by referral. I was business, building my business by referral. And I think for anybody who's an entrepreneur, if you have one client, you're set to prosper. If you can develop the skills of taking care of that client and trusting that client to care for your future business. Cause that is pretty much how it started. I, I would make sure that every client I had was not a transaction. It was a relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I would ask them to refer people they knew loved and trusted for me to care for them. Yeah. And it was a natural way to grow the business. When I became overwhelmed with clients, I've, started referring them to people that I love trusted that were excellent agents at a 25% referral so that they would wow. still get excellent care. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so great. Well, congratulations. And how did your kids feel and your husband feel about your job and like spending time away? How did that it made go? me crying from overwhelm every other day, you know, before we turn <laughs> this into a fairy tale, <laughs> before this all becomes this bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And about me being exhausted, you know, and, um, success, yeah. success can be, uh, and often is, you know, who was, I think the Zig Ziglar said <laughs> success is often unrecognized because it is dressed in the overall of uh, overalls of everyday labor, you know, so. 
Yeah. And it's like um, all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden here you are at the top, right? Exactly. Exactly. Not, nothing happens all of a sudden, but it appears that way. And so the kids were wonderful, actually. Um, I've learned that the most important thing I can do as a mother was not to try to be perfect for them and to ask for forgiveness. Those were the two things that I conveyed to my kids. <laughs> because if I no longer had to be perfect, they didn't have to be perfect in order to be. Oh, that is such a beautiful message. I love that. And you know, it's interesting as I had a client this morning and my daughter, she's going to camp. She's going to like farm camp, horse camp. And she starts to cry. Um, like, because I, um, I had a call, I had a work call and I couldn't, um, take her to camp, but I just held that space for her. And I said, I love you. I'm going to pick you up. And it's like standing in your, your power to put yourself first feels a little bit selfish. And I do have this like, Oh my God, she's my baby. I got to take her. She's like, cancel your call, cancel your call. now." (laughs) And I was like, well, it's 13 minutes away. I can't really do it. But she finally accepted that, you know, and left. She's like, fine, just take your call. And she was mad, but I, I think that's healthy to have our kids see that, that you're not going to let them like push you around. If it's something important, if it's like your work or something, and of course I spend time with them and, and I do um, things with them, but I thought it was interesting that we had that exchange this morning. You know, and I think to that point is there's such a gift we can give our kids with just a simple no, without justification. Uh, um, you know, there, that's a even, good point. Yeah. Because yeah. I did feel like I had to justify Yeah, because um, then we are empowered to say no. And more importantly, they have an example of saying no. Because if we're saying yes to something, we're saying no to everything else. So it's important, you know, there's this... um, saying, well, always say yes. And I'm like, no, don't always say yes, because then you're always saying no. So be very discerning about what, who, and how you say yes and no to, because then you're saying yes to something much greater. So for your precious girl, you've said yes to her growth. (laughs) You've said yes to her learning how to soothe, comfort, grow through discomfort. You showed her that she's not being rejected, that she's loved, she's welcome, and that you can't disagree with her while accepting her. You've said yes to all these amazing things by just saying no. So amazing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love that. I'm so glad I brought in my little story (laughs) from this morning. Yeah, yeah. Because um, sometimes she does have an effect on me where I want to please her. I want to be everything for her. I want to be there for her always. And um, it is powerful when I say no, you know, um, beautiful. I want to, I know you have so many stories, um, but I know there was a powerful story for you that affected your life of when your teacher pulled you aside and what did she say to you and how did that affect you later in life? Um, So this is back growing up in the Soviet Union. I had a real calling inside to learn English. And I think 
I just want to make something very clear that the truth that is calling us is the truth that will find us no matter what. I don't believe in lost opportunities or fear of missing out. I don't believe in any of that. Just might take a little longer if we are a little bit deafer to the call. But um, we have this inner calling within us. And for me, it was learn English. Of course, you know, 40, 30 years later, I understand why all I do is language, you know, (laughs) language healing, language programming, language writing. But I had the calling to learn English. And in, the, in Ukraine at that time, and as part of the Soviet Union, everybody was learning German. The English group was very small. And I really wanted to learn it. You know, I was reading. I got a tutor. And this really well-meaning teacher and most well-meaning people want to limit you to the size of their dream because they want to keep you safe. So they're mm-hmm. not the enemy. You know, there's somebody yeah. who who tries to protect you, to suffocate you, to reserve, preserve you. So she pulled me aside and she said, you know, you're wasting your time. You're great at math. She was a math teacher. You're great at math. Do not waste your time in English. You will never use this language. You will never leave this country anyway. And I came home. I was really shaken. I came home. And how old were you? I'm trying to place myself correctly. I'm probably 11 or 12 at that time, somewhere around 11 or 12. I'm not yet teen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I cried and I told my mom, I really wanted to learn this language. And, and, uh, um, you know, I, this is the truth. I don't remember what my mom said. I just know that I felt safe to follow my heart. And that is a gift that I think my mom has always given me Mm -hmm. that just, it is safe to follow your heart, even if it is, does not look safe right now. Um, And so I continued with the language and honestly, that moment lost its significance until much later I immigrated into the United States and yet much later started writing books and yet much later started changing subconscious programming based on the language structures. Yeah. I love that. It's so powerful. It's like you knew at that age that it would serve you and look at, and look at how it is in such a powerful way. So, um, let's talk about your book because we haven't even talked about your book yet. Oh my gosh. We've gone all this way (laughs) into the interview. So you've written many books, many successful best-selling books. So everybody needs to check out her website, buy her books. So her latest book is prosper me, the 35 universal laws to make money work for you. So what inspired you to write it? And can you share one of the universal laws? I know you said gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing in terms of what inspired the book, the journey was pretty direct. It's, and I keep coming back to it because I think my greatest gift I can impart to anybody is the knowing that there is a knowing within every person and giving a permission for us to follow that knowing. So it was March, 2021, when the little small voice said, cancel all everything you have for March. And I'm like, what, what? Oh Seven hours for March. Everything. You know, I'm like, oh, come on. So I canceled, you know, I've learned to listen to it, not because I'm so good, but because I've not listened to it so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and so the outcome that um, 
followed that prompting that guided to writing the, the next book. It started as a different book with a different topic through a lot of process of recalculating and redefining of what it was going to be. I settled that prosper me. But the concept that I wanted to convey that is conveyed through the book and will be conveyed through future books in this series is the concept of me as little M, big E. And I talk about each one of us as that being that we when I say I am me, the little M stands for mortal, for matter, for material, and for manifesting. And the big E stands for eternal, for energy, for essential, and for expensive. So the formula of fulfillment and genuine prosperity in life, for me, is hidden in that formula of matter surrendering to energy, of mortal surrendering to eternal, of material surrendering to essential, and manifesting surrendering to expensive. So the 35 laws and prosper me are 35 aspects of doing so, of learning a universal principle and then surrendering your practical action steps to support that principle. And then witnessing amazing miracles of not only financial prosperity, but thriving in other areas in your life. If I were to share one law that I think would resonate the most with us today, that would be the law of forgiveness. Mm. That is the last law. And um, a lot of us do not put the two together, but the lack of forgiveness leads to lack of prosperity in a great degree. Interesting. Because any space that we're holding a grudge or a pain or unprocessed emotion is the space that prevents from flow of abundance in our life. It's very poignant. And so it's very, you know, we all understand, oh, it's good to forgive. I get it. But our subconscious mind, and it's a very important point, is unable to process forgiveness fully until it is asked to forgive. So then we say, wait a minute, there's so many people, some of them already dead, that have harmed us, that will not be able to ask us for forgiveness, or that are currently alive, but are emotionally or mentally immature to be able to ask us for forgiveness. So the exercise that both the book has and that I've helped literally thousands of clients with is writing a letter to yourself from those that harmed you, asking you for forgiveness. And it's huge. Like if you do that, your conscious mind registers that you're doing it, but your subconscious mind does not. It actually lets go and allows for forgiveness. So whatever it is that you've never been told that you need to hear, because each one of us is a human being, you know, we we talk about as being spiritual. Yes, there's a big E, but we are mortal matter too. And that mortal matter needs to dislodge the pain. And so receiving and reading that letter and hearing the things, sorry, I wasn't there for you. I'm sorry I let you down. I'm sorry I never told you those things you needed to hear. Can you possibly forgive me now? And more than anything else, forgive me for not being able to say this to you now, right? Those are very powerful. And so as you let go of that pain that you might even have a desire to process and up till now did not have a skill to, as you let go of that pain, what comes in is ability 
to profit from experience and profit means spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and financially. Mm, That's amazing. I have this process where I help my clients, where we connect with the soul of that person, but I'm wondering if maybe, I mean, I mean, what do you think is better to connect on the spiritual level with this other person or just write it out, assuming that they want to forgive you? Always both. Oh, both. There is little M and big E, always both, you know, theta healing, there is there's a modality in theta healing. There is a forgiveness process from higher self to higher self. It's gorgeous, but it is that higher energy that is forgiving. Your practical mind still needs to hear practical, forgive me, you know, conversation. Uh, Yeah. And that's what the writing it out can Mm be. Yeah. So just so our audience is clear, it's, a person that harm you, maybe they say, um, no, wait. Okay. Now I'm getting confused. So they are asking for your forgiveness for harming you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are writing a letter to you as if from them. You were that Absolutely. From them. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Now I got it. That's, that's so powerful and amazing. And yeah, and it can help remove those blocks. So are there, what type of energy modalities and practices um, are helpful to allow more prosperity into your life? I know there's this forgiveness practice, anything else that can be helpful for our audience? Yeah, I, you know, we've coined our own uh few years ago, launched our own free me EFT, which takes gorgeous practice of emotional freedom technique EFT and polishes it a little bit in a way that I think is much more applicable for us. And the reason why is because that gorgeous modality has been created by amazing men and it is very masculine based modality. It's all about peace. It's all about release. I mean, right? It's all about letting go. That's so interesting. I've never had someone explain that before about an EFT. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with masculine energy, think of it this way. Masculine energy creates space. When it's unhealthy, it goes to war. (laughs) And it creates lots of space through war. That's what it does. Energy. We're not doing man, women. We're doing masculine energy. And then feminine. And then when it's healthy, it creates space for creation feminine energy comes in and it creates now feminine energy when it's unhealthy we hold on to things we can file back five years ago what somebody told us we harbor it we nurture it yeah (laughs) the combination of the two is gorgeous so when you let go in the traditional eft when you let go of something what you're body and energy default to is the next frequency of energy available to you, which might not be the best. So you let go of shame, guilt comes in. Ah. You let go of guilt, apathy comes in. You let go of apathy, anger comes in. You let go of anger and so forth and so on. So in free me FT, we free space from the energy that is currently blocking who you are, blocking the power, the resistance, And then through the heart center, we affirm the frequency that is healing for you at this time. So we complete the healing. We bring the creation 
back into oh, the Oh, yes. Oh my God. You nailed it. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and hearing about your latest book, Prosper Me, and your innovative EFT technique, bringing in the divine masculine and feminine. Wow. Um, I'll put your website and how to buy your book in the show notes. So much Zen success on your journey, Victoria. Thank you so much, Carissa. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Zen Success. I would love to get your feedback at zensuccesspodcast.com on what topics you'd be most interested in and what Zen success is to you. Thanks for listening.